Cropo works in, in the shorthand because I think Antifa customer support North America is uh, <laughs> um, very, very much a mouthful. ACSNA. We'll call you Asna. <laughs> like you eat Asna. <laughs> Danglies. You have a dangle? Oh my god. Wait. That's not I... a word I like. It's for earrings, <laughs> Pep. Okay. Oh, okay. There. That's better. better. I don't like danglies. <laughs> I don't know. I feel that dangly has like mostly negative connotations well, in my okay. mind. Probably in the same way some people like moist does, but that does not bother mm. me. So some moist danglies wouldn't. Oh, I think moist danglies <laughs> makes moist me start thing? hating moist. That might be the worst <laughs> possible. Like if you drop your earrings in, in like some mayonnaise, you'd get moist danglies. Okay, well, the mayonnaise makes it more palatable. We're we're taking this back the other direction. It's like a an applause meter, but it's a how grossed out am I meter. The, mo- and it's the swung... mayo makes it better. I'm confused. Yeah, I like well, mayonnaise. like, do you like non mayonnaise, non food objects dipped in mayonnaise? Because that would be. I mean. It doesn't repulse me. Like, if I saw a clean earring dipped in, like, regular edible mayonnaise, I'd be like, oh, okay. Like, why? But it wouldn't make me, like, gag. You know what I'm saying? I don't know about the rest of y'all, but I have licked mayonnaise off of things before. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) I've basically, like, eaten fucking spoonfuls of that shit in my life. When I was a tiny, fat child, I would, like, suckle (laughs) a mayonnaise packet when I was out of, like, everyone. I was, like, out of school lunch, but I still want to be eating something. Y'all had a whiter (laughs) upbringing than I did. (laughs) An egg whiter. <laughs> we might have just had like a a, a free school luncher. <laughs> Sucking mayonnaise out of packets outside the taste of freeze. <laughs> <laughs> Did you make that up? Is that a real yes. fucking? No, weird? I just no, I just made it up. It's the fucking. I wish that was up. it. Yeah. I want to dream that that's really the lyrics of fucking life goes on. Whatever I. Oh yeah. Think of us like s- some ridiculous like. We're eating. We're high eating handfuls of risotto. I'm like, this is weird. So I'm just like eating handfuls of risotto outside the taste free. <laughs> Long after the jar of Hellman's is gone. <laughs> <laughs> okay, ladies and gentlemen, both neither and th- themers out there I'm like stealing that. that. That's not my. That's not mine. That's freaking Curios the Aww. Twitter handle. But <laughs> it is funny, or someone I remember. Um. It, it is us, Last Minute Politics. We are joined today by Cropo, who we're, we're going to be going through. Actually, that's the first question I should ask. How should we address you on this? Do you want to be called by, like, your internet name or your Twitter uh, handle? Cropo works in, in the shorthand because I think Antifa customer support North America is uh, <laughs> um, very, very much a mouthful. ACSNA. We'll call you Asna. <laughs> it's like you eat Asna. <laughs> A-C-S-N-A, yeah. <laughs> it sounds too close to ass-nom and, you know... Ax-nom. People are getting more into asses. Like, is that just me? Are things, like, not getting assier in general? Pepper, a long time ago, furries were all about dat ass, and it got so large that the periodic public kink-focus orbit was, like, gone for a while, and the Halley's <laughs> Comet of Big Butt public kink stuff is on its way back 
I feel like eating ass was treated as like the most fucking crazy thing you could even like imagine to do sexually. It was a right? central discussion plot like, point in <laughs> Clerks 2. You never go ass yeah. to mouth. <laughs> Oh my god. I feel like it's just like normal now. It's like, yes, I eat ass. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's yeah. just millennials. Like, how much is that a meme? How much is it real? Like in, in, for boomers, it was like, can you tie a cherry stem with your tongue? And for oh, millennials, totally. it's like, how do you eat a donut? Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow. A donut or a donut? <laughs> yeah, first date donut place. That's that's how you can tell. <laughs> All I know is if it's a donut, I like the strawberry glaze. But if it's a donut and there's a strawberry glaze, something has gone wrong. Oh no! <laughs> wow, we're just we're just right there, everybody. This Jeez. is the level we're at. Can we not? This is where you're meeting. This us. is this is my attempt to end that topic. Did it work? Can I can I can I share why I was late? Because it's important. Oh, yeah. So. Yes. I was late because I had a big fruity surprise in Alkali's car. Uh, I came oh. home. I are we allowed to guess before before yeah, you ahead. tell us what it is? Go ahead. So I hear Alkali's fruity surprise, and my immediate thing is that most people would he would think like, "Oh, Zan received like a gift." Yeah. But my mind is, "Oh, some horrible mess happened." God damn it! Great. You know me too well. Fuck. Oh no. <laughs> I remember the cup holders and the Shit. red liquid in them. I don't. We didn't know what it was. Like there was that red was my, liquid. That was my gender fluid. <laughs> that was it. That it was, was it. bubbling out of the cup holder. <laughs> you, you know. You know how if you if you do it right in Florida, like for the most part, hurricanes are pretty awful, but you can batter down the hatches and survive. That's like uh, yes. Well, Hurricane Zanny. Shit. <laughs> it's gonna happen. I swear to God, I'm gonna have a fucking hurricane named after me, and the circle will be. So complete. tell us what Alkali's fruity surprise is. I got us smoothies as a nice surprise because <laughs> he's working from home, and I had my consultation. I was all happy and shit. Uh, so like, I got us smoothies, and I was gonna save mine for wrestling and put a bunch of booze in and shit. And right as I'm pulling up, they just fucking all over the goddamn other seat. I'm like, fuck! And so... How did you have the drinks assembled? They were Where on were a they? cup holder. Like, they were in a cup holder. I just... I did everything the way you should have, but, you know, I'm me, so... Fruit everywhere, and it smells, well, and I mean, they're sticky, and it's... It smells good, but, like, alkali <laughs> has, like, oh, fuck. And anyway, just... Just a big fucking fruity disaster. <laughs> I'm very sorry that you fruit blasted the inside of your car. <laughs> Now it smells like Febreze and gay. It's good. So we are joined today by Cropo. Cropo is better known on the internet as Antifa Customer Support North America. How are you doing? Uh, this podcast is brought to you by Antifa, the trusted brand in, uh, for Anth. Fuck! I was gonna do something smooth. I'm all right. I'm. 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 We're, yeah, but we're, we're gonna edit like, it. So we only the only our patrons here. Yeah, we we transitioned from like trying to be smooth to rock bottom. So I'm feeling good. There's nowhere to go but up from here. <laughs> I'm doing great. <laughs> you are allowed to retake whatever you oh, want yeah, in this episode. Yeah, yeah. You know, we. I. I have spent a, the, so the way that I, I initially saw Cropo online just uh, on Twitter just kind of like floating around I'm like oh funny account funny tweets good <laughs> uh, and then uh, we like, we ended up talking at least a little bit and I've done some editing of Cropo also has done some rants about video games or rant is even like two strong words more like it's like it's analysis it's like mm. actual reviews I've been sitting around thinking of like who like 
the meme is how video game reviews are usually like it has some graphics and sonic and little something for everyone seven out of ten and like reviews just kind of suck in general but like you have actual things to say in relation to video games like like so, like one would discuss art yeah. and i have edited those uh so i've heard your voice quite a lot this is my first time i think hearing it live in yes. person uh it's it's kind of like i enjoyed regular car reviews and and their existential stuff so uh just yeah, taking, taking that on there. Um, with I'm Pennsylvania represent. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I, I don't know why, but for some odd reason, I just feel the need to go to Pennsylvania now and just experience it. It seems like a wonderful, wonderful, magical, tragic place that needs to be lived. Um, One of our favorite restaurants is a gas station, <laughs> and our other favorite restaurant is also a gas station. <laughs> We fight about which one's better. <laughs> oh, is that the Wawa versus? Yeah, that's Wawa and Sheets. Sheets, sheets. is my my half of the state is Sheets, so I like Sheets. Uh, but I also think I don't know it's different. Like Wawa had really good sandwiches. Sheets kind of makes like everything, and it's all this touch corner. I'm not getting into it. I'll talk I'm, about. I'm going to jump right into life. this too and just say Bucky's because they have the furry mascot, so they win by default. I feel like I'm not having a good fur con if I don't see at least one person in a Bucky uh, fucking yeah. T-shirt, and I definitely saw him in Florida. <laughs> they're not even in florida but the t-shirts sure are at first I, I see it and i'm like is that what piggly wiggly is i'm like no that doesn't make sense i'm like oh yeah bucky's yeah. <laughs> who the fuck i've never lived in a place that has bucky's weirdly you know i live and like i'm sure phoenix probably has one we have every chain we have a portillo what's a bucky's bucky's like a convenient uh, you describe it, it it's like the texas version of sheets and wawa except huge oh. truck stop it's like they looked at a Walmart and it's just like, nah, fuck that. We're gonna be a little bit classier, and uh, oh, the f- it's a fancy <laughs> truck stop. I've yeah. seen that. Like I, I, I stopped at one that says, uh, I saw a commercial that was like famous for pizza. I'm like, what? Yeah, <laughs> I don't get too. it. Why your truck stop? No, they're they're famous for their bathrooms. That's that's their claim to fame. Which famous for bathroom pizza? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> bathroom pizza is. You know you've hit rock bottom. If you've done enough road trips, at some point, you value a bathroom ranking system. That's for damn sure. I was a child sitting around going like, I'm going to start a website where I <laughs> people can post like bathroom reviews. I had this thought when I was fucking 14. Like, as soon as I f- found out about the internet, I, w- I would be shitting. And there's no, <laughs> there's no like phone internet yet, so you don't have like anything to look at. You just are like in the bathroom, and that's all you're doing. <laughs> Wow, what a fucking time to be alive, right? <laughs> like, yeah, we asked all these cruisers trucking. They really want pizza. But, like, I want a system where I can go, like, well, how clean is the bathroom? How easy is it to find? Where is it? Like, I think that is an actual app now where you can, like, check, like, where's the nearest bathroom? That's got to already be a thing, right? I want an app for trans people that where they can go to the bathroom. I want to call it the Yellow Pages. <laughs> the... <laughs> fucking 10 out of 10 where can i pee yeah exactly cropo tell us about what's what's it been like being a twitter i guess what do you you consider like a twitter personality a twitter like a bot but like a manned Uh, bot how do you think of it uh in in when i'm feeling particularly pretentious i i like to think of myself as uh collaborating with russian artists um, <laughs> uh, in in the worst of times and lowest of times, it's it's basically just propaganda, um, and uh, I enjoy that. It's it's uh, been a deliberate. Well, it wasn't a deliberate thing. It was started out of spite. I was in a fight with a friend who had just like we've we've all kind of been there. Fortunately, he's not 
that far gone into the alt-right stuff on there, but it was just like, oh yeah, here's this, here's that. It's like, if you go into those little rabbit holes, you can, you know, the alt-right pipeline and go deeper into that onion, and it's just like, I had a fight with him about it, and it's just like, well, they're doing this. I'm going to go ahead and reverse engineer the whole thing. And it's like, okay, if we're going to go ahead and disguise the alt-right stuff with jokes and parody and all this other stuff and do recruitment from it and propaganda from it, I can do that too for um, leftist causes. Uh, Mm. And at the moment, I mean, it was like 2019 when it started. It was the height of... uh, I don't think we've hit the height yet. We're going to eventually get there and it's going to be terrible, but... Uh, it was the height of was a lot of anti-fascist stuff going on there, and there was a lot of like community self-defense, and and it was basically just using that um, on there. Uh, that was like the the main catalyst. Before that, there was uh, some work that I did in my local furry community with the help of anti-fascists with regards to um, a local stalker who was doing threats and uh, stalking threats, vandalism, harassing people, a good deal of stuff like that. And we were trying to contact the local police who were the local police, um, and didn't do anything like that. And it's just like, yeah, surprisingly, they, they have no money in the budget to stop people from stalking other people, but they sure do for shooting people. And and right. they basically mm. had helped us out, so I was using some of those contacts that helped me out with that to do some propaganda, and that kind of just blew up into uh, a bunch of stuff on there. And it's like, as it got bigger, it's like, okay, what can I do with this? And uh, my basic theory was, because the furry community was very similar to the Gamergate aspect for more leftist causes. We can use that as uh, an incubator to, to, inc- to, to bring anti-fascist activists into that community and furries into the anti-fascist community and, and get some commingling on there and see just what, um, what comes out with that. There's limited success. I don't want to say it's, Oh yeah, I did all this. It's, it's, it's its own thing, but I'm, I'm proud of uh, the traction that's gained and some of the results that we've gotten with it. When most of us use Twitter, like you, it's it's a first person experience. Let me oh, say yeah. it like that. Like I'm tweeting as myself. These are my opinions. You you essentially you you have like a filter that you essentially get to tweet through. How does that affect the Twitter experience? I guess because it essentially makes like attacks on you personally. I, like does it make when people go off on you feel any different than, than if it's like your main, so to speak? Or is it like how how does that differentiate when you when you are using such lovely platforms? That, that's my secret. I don't have a main Twitter. You'll never find it. <laughs> it. It's exclusively. You probably have a better yeah, oh, time. It's, it's wonderful. It's just basically playing a game. Um, I actually have. If you go through some of the attacks uh, on the thing, where it's basically just, uh, uh, I I have stock responses for them, uh, and I just change the name on them, and I just copy and paste it, see, and it goes that through. That is an, a fantastic idea. Yeah, it goes through like the entire cycle on that, good, and there's fun. like they attack me, and it's like, oh, you Antifa did this, da da da. da. And there's actually been points in time where I just repeat the same thing like three or four times after I go through the full rotation, and they don't notice it because they're just yelling at me, and it's just, uh, as I said, right. it's art. It it really. <laughs> How many times have you gone through, say, the cycle, and then suspected it might be a better developed or written bot that essentially, in the small microcosm, is well masquerading in the moment as a person? <laughs> um. Because, like, part of the sinister stuff of the bots is if you start with a certain talking point, you can take people's actual written threads and feed that into a model and get pretty close. Yeah. If if I'm going to be a bit dark and candid, um, one of the things that I did 
uh, at the start was solicit the attention of the person who is usually in charge of those bots. Uh, at least what someone claiming to be who it is uh, on Twitter. And, and got his attention. So I think he's turned them off for me. I'm hoping. Because it's like, <laughs> I, I like to think that all the people that I'm interacting with are real people. Uh, if not, then... I mean, after a certain point, I just close it off. And if you see, like, a survey thing pop up on there, uh, that's usually when the conversation's done, and I just send it for review. Well, not review, just send it up to, to have other people laugh at it. I don't think... Like, Twitter what? isn't real. It's it's just some artifice <laughs> stuff that we put on there, and we like to pretend that it's real because it makes us feel better. And it definitely hurts us. Non-real things can hurt us, like gender and money. Uh, those aren't real <laughs> things, but they definitely hurt. But it's just like, it's all artifice, and if you take it as artifice to start out with, then uh, it's easy to disengage with that. It is interesting to see how destructive the only 140 characters or the short message affects things because they try to make it impactful as power possible, which means people try to anger each other, which means you you try to make the most impact economy on the eyeballs. And that just creates this whole, the medium is a message as they used to say. And that's why it is what it is. I mean, I've definitely freaking noticed that Twitter is the only place where I get quite the same. Like we, t we say crazy shit on this podcast that if we fucking tweet it out, people would lose their minds over it, and like nobody, I, nothing like nobody cares <laughs> twitter like is, is like you said the platform being kind of part of the problem uh -huh. and i go a step further and try to i can i think there's a good argument to be made that it's designed that way because it's what drives engagement is people fucking absolutely at each other it's like, like, like mathematically if you get hired at twitter and you're like so there's devops engineers which is like operations and software engineering well there's the advanced, please don't do everything in an Excel spreadsheet. Please be a statistical programmer. And they model this stuff. Mm -hmm. The reason you see the number of likes is that is a very conscious choice to encourage that very particular negative social behavior, the popularity contest. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, I'm not against having the like button. I'm against showing the count. I have one more quick question, Kropo, that just yeah. kind of was... You mentioned being, you know, the, the lefty side of propaganda, and I recall way back uh, an old ContraPoints video was kind of saying the mission statement of the same thing. You go to YouTube, and there are all of these videos very effortlessly that mm -hmm. are the tracks to white supremacy. And she very specifically was crafting her episode titles and topics to show up in those algorithms to combat... Mm -hmm. Was that like on your radar? I mean, I, I don't, I don't like the algorithm. I, I didn't try too much in the algorithm. I mainly uh, hunted down anti-fascist stuff on there, mm -hmm. and I set it up to make it look as legitimate as possible to uh, have, you know, alt rights and uh, not quite the alt rights. The the folks that just want to yell at Antifa because they're being told that they're the source of all the ill in the world right now. Mm -hmm. um, they'll like search for Antifa on Twitter and it's like, oh, this account's the customer service line. I can go ahead and complain to them as if that's like <laughs> the exact reason, like I set it up so that the exact people that would think that Antifa would have a legitimate customer support line would yell at me, would yell at me. Uh, and, and that was on there. I've had, what was it? Somebody was running for, for uh, something in Texas and just started attacking me on there. And it's just like, dude, this isn't real. Why? <laughs> it's depressing to think that they're logging in and think that's a good use of their time. Like, I'm doing good in the world right now. I'm taking down an evil force. And 
You're essentially like a time sink in the same way like a computer has a heat sink. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Like, we were talking about the block button on there. I don't use the block button. I use the mute button, so they can Mm. yell at me as much as they want, and I don't see it, but they'll keep on yelling at me trying to get that response. Yeah, you you want to attract. (laughs) You want to, like, you're the, you're the, who is it, the, the Grant holding the, (laughs) <laughs> the the road flare to distract the T-Rex. <laughs> That's hysterical. Is this metaphor making sense now? That was yes. an adventure for me because you said the grant and I'm sitting there going, ooh, where are we going with this? Is this like a grant for money? Oh, oh, it's Jurassic Park. Okay. <laughs> the character is Sam, Grant, right, It's Mr. Sam Neill. All right, we got this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we eventually... <laughs> Not Jeff Goldblum. We circled enough trees. Yeah, not Jeff Goldblum. He yeah. fucked it up. He tried it. And he couldn't do it. Yeah. They showed he was not the di- he was not the dinosaur whisperer. Yeah. <laughs> God, I remember every single second of that movie. I was like a VHS I wore out when I was a child. Oh, and that's what made me get into 3D because that's where the money was. You know, yeah, like everybody freaking had their dinosaur phase. They're like, yep, we're doing 3D <laughs> animation now. Okay. Fucking somebody did point out they're like sorry I don't mean to no, change okay. on Jurassic Park but they were pointing out how like essentially we know that those the dinosaurs don't look like that anymore so it's funny and weird that we keep putting out movies where they look like we're like no they should have feathers and shit <laughs> but we're just like no we like no the, because the brand. dinosaurs as a brand <laughs> is a thing yeah. now oh my god they own these specific models and they have to look like this <laughs> so we just do unrealistic dinosaurs Pep, on purpose you figured like out the things. dark gritty reboot is gonna have feathers because <laughs> <laughs> they look too cool and cute they're fun they're like Ooh. it's gonna happen <laughs> love that shit. look uh, if if you if you tell someone like there used to be these predators and they were huge and they were fierce and they would do all you know like show them a bunch of the skeletons and things and then yeah, if like they had no Godzilla. context or awareness, if you were to show them just a headshot of a chicken or a rooster, they'd go, oh, that's a modern dinosaur. <laughs> Kookaburras are still totally. meat eaters and screech like fucking velociraptors from the movies. I was going to say, we don't know what they yeah, sound like. like. I mean, freaking ostriches, secretary birds. Yeah. Really, like, Welcome to combat Chicken combat Island. <laughs> <laughs> had a real world demonstration as to what the Jurassic World scenario would look like in Australia with the emu wars. <laughs> what? Oh, oh freaking I was just looking at a thing about like uh, a mural dedicated to the capybaras in Argentina that like invaded a, a super rich exclusive gated neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> it was like a mural of giant capybaras like ha- having beheaded like humans. <laughs> it's like wow. Holy shit. <laughs> It was kind of badass. It was very metal. The ROSS, the rodents of unusual size. (laughs) (laughs) Brutal. Um, Do you want to talk about... This is furry related, so I want to do that one first. TTFC. (laughs) Okay. Is happening? And uh, I want to talk about it. If you're on Twitter just today, so we're recording this on Wednesday, probably like a day or maybe two before you do it. We record on Wednesdays. Thank you very much to our patrons for giving us one or more dollars per month to listen in live on Discord on Wednesdays, every other Wednesday, to our show. If you want to join them, freaking do it. Patreon, we are Last Minute Politics on there. Search us up. Give us some money. Uh, oh, Cropo, what, what would you like to plug? I like to plug in the middle. <laughs> um, punching Nazis. 
Just punch Nazis. Just there plug you. doing. Yeah. <laughs> Spell out your Twitter at for people so they can find you if they want to. Uh, it is K R O P O P E T Y R. Kropotkin Peter, but Peter spelled like Russiany. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and people on our Discord can see that right now. Okay, yeah. so TTFC, that is called Tales and Tornadoes Furcon. It is a, oh, they, this con, if you look at it from the outside, it just has like the shittest luck. It was going to be its second year only, so it's a very new con. It's in Oklahoma, so it's relatively small. Like, not that nobody lives in Oklahoma, but it's, you know, it's like having a con in freaking uh, Kansas or something, almost. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> fuck you, Oklahoma. I'm, I live in Arizona now, so now I have like an opinion on Oklahoma. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you mean occupied North Texas? Oh, yeah, Texas hates, they have the biggest, weirdest beef with, like, Texas, Oklahoma, and Colorado all like beef with each other, and that's really funny to me. Because I'm not from there. Um, but anyway, Tales of Tornadoes Furcon. Uh, they were going to have their second year, and they got canceled because of COVID. And now they're trying to like do their con again, and we're kind of hitting third or arguably fourth wave COVID right now. And they have had the, the big news with all conventions in the furry land, if you don't know, is are they requiring vaccines? Are they requiring masks? What are your COVID precautions? What are we doing to enforce uh, said rules? Like That's the big thing right now, especially with huge cons like BLFC, who are going to have... like. I don't think that they can have five digits of people like, I don't know, but big ones, the scarier ones, the ones that are more apt to be a super spreader event. Uh, TTFC is relatively small. I think it's definitely under a thousand, mm -hmm. but uh, oh yeah, full disclosure, I am guest at TTFC, what was supposed to be last year and now this upcoming year. So I have materially benefited from this con. They pay for my travel and hotel. I don't get paid by cons for, I don't get like appearance fees, but they give me opportunity to make money and they make it free for me. With that out of the way, um, they at first, I think it was like a couple days ago, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't like an announcement either. You saw buried in like a couple of replies uh, an answer to the question of, are you going to require vaccines? And they said no. And that became a, a kerfuffle. <laughs> and uh, uh, the, an uh, other guest, Omnom, uh, they said this on Twitter publicly, so this isn't me like spoiling secrets or whatever. Uh, they said that they weren't comfortable attending with that being the policy. Splat, especially Splat, who was the partner of Omnom, and uh, is immunocompromised and has very good reasons <laughs> to stay far away from an event like that. And uh, they, she didn't feel it was safe, so they're out. And then after only a few hours, that decision has now been reversed and vaccines are required. And this has all happened in one day, like less than a couple of hours ago. And, and on Twitter. So like, yeah. <laughs> Look on Twitter. You can see all the fucking, I'm sure what, if there was any further fallout, people seem happier with this. The, the biggest challenge with them, this isn't a tiny bit of insider baseball. The issue with requiring vaccines is that now you have to have people check and it just makes reg longer or you either are going to have a longer reg line or you're going to need more people working at reg to like get them through faster. And they're like, we don't have enough people. And I'm like, I volunteer as tribute. So well, I'm to reg I'm, hell. I'm, yeah, I'm, this is how they got me in. This is how they got me to fucking staff at a con. At least for a bit. I'm going to be in like the opening shift that's where we assume the most like angry people are going to be there. Where we're like, yes. no, you see, you have to. I'm really sorry. Like, <laughs> There is also the wider situation of where at like what, what, four, five, six different cons have happened during COVID now. Discuss. What are, what are your opinions? What are you seeing so far? We've Whoa. been to two of them. Megaplex sure and IFC do not have any kind of vaccine checking or mandate. Uh, IFC just happened, so as far as numbers, that remains to be seen. Uh, the three of us did Megaplex. As far, we're not Wait, saying what? there isn't news of it that we haven't seen, but 
I haven't heard. There's anything also no about like contact sequ- tracing, which I don't. I don't want to suggest that furcons have the kind of like uh, ability to do full on yeah, big contact tracing. But like, I, is it possible to know if there was an outbreak? It's a yeah. good question. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Possibly not. Yeah. Like I, I know this. This kind of hits hard with me because uh, in the background, in my non. Twitter troll form, I do try and, and do things on the down low. Mm-hmm. And um, our local convention, I've had conversations with the people that, that ran it, and it's just like we're having having this discussion, like, I've, I, this is a good three, four months in advance ahead of what's what's going on, and it's just uh, uh, it's like, have are you prepared to do this? It's like, no. Are you prepared mm-hmm. to do this? No. Okay, well, I review, like, we're in compliance with the CDC. Well, here's how you're not in compliance with the CDC. And and it's just, there's there's no no shortage of excuses for them to not do things coming from them. And they it have the It seems weird, right? How they want to act like their hand, like hands are completely tied, but, oh, we can't, inf- we can't guarantee 100% enforcement, so why do anything? Which is like, exactly. a, I'm not saying this is specifically TTFC. This is just, in general, basically the, the argument that I, I have hear, witnessed like, from someone uh, that will remain nameless on a bigger, medium-sized convention echo exactly that argument. That I hear it from everyone. It can't be a hundred, but I'm I'm saying I have heard it from the lips of a board member of a convention with over a thousand people. Yeah, heard. Sure. I, I, Me I, you know, group chat, and it's like my reaction to what just happened to TTFC and how like yeah, Twitter's not real, but at the same time, it just had a very real world effect of improving safety for everyone going to that con. <laughs> Yep. I mean, that's why I want to give credit because, like, well, like I said, yeah, within a couple I mean, hours of people going, "Hey," they're like, "Okay." <laughs> TTFC is is good, and and it gives them other conventions um, a little bit more momentum to do that because one of the excuses that I was given on there was basically, "Well, Denver is the only one that's doing it," and it's just like, "Well, that means it's good." And I mean, I did I did a little short essay complaining about the whole thing with the gazebo furs which I, I'm, I'm pretty kind of proud of the traction that i got um, i'm sorry what gazebo one. furs yes please tell us <laughs> a gazebo fur a is let me let me pull it up um is somebody who attains a level of power to determine what is and is not acceptable in the community <laughs> because they were able to consistently book a gazebo in the park for about years so it's like oh. damn oh. the trendsetters like we have the gazebo therefore we send the we set the tone exactly <laughs> if you run meets you can well i mean and and the thing about it is is like there's no social <laughs> prerequisite for that that would allow them to handle conflicts later on down the line and in fact it kind of goes counter to it because they're trying to get an event going and it's like well we have to all get along we have to all get along so they can't confront bad actors or tough situations in which um like i'm gonna go ahead and say with with regards to here is like the government like they're afraid oh the governor is gonna go sue us because of all of this like that well at this <laughs> point you're weighing the option as to who you're going to get a suit lawsuit from you're either going to get a lawsuit for mandating masks and vaccines from the governor or you're going to get a lawsuit from one of your attendees suing you for wrongful death because you haven't protected them uh-huh. and one of them you have a dead friend and one of them you have an asshole suing you and they're doing the math, and it's just like, oh, I'll go ahead and have the asshole suing me because they're hoping that um, they're, they're, that everything's going to work out fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I've gotten kicked out of chats because, like, roundabout, 
summer of last year, they're like, oh, well, let's start doing events right now. Da, 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 da. And it's like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and take over under as to who gets sick. And there's like, how could you do that? It's like, well, you're betting that nobody gets sick. I'm taking the same bet. I'm just taking the out- opposite outcome on there. <laughs> and they did not like that at all. <laughs> um, and it's just like, they're hoping that good things happen, but they're not planning for the worst. And that's, uh, I, I'm envious of that position. That, that seems like a very nice way to live most of the time, but <laughs> not in most of the time right now. Most of the time, most of the time people who make those decisions don't have to suffer the outcomes. And usually right. someone else has to pick up the slack of that. Yeah. I've seen it waste too many times and <laughs> uh, like, oh, that didn't go as planned. Wow. I'm just going to sit here and blink my eyes a bunch of times and act confused. And yeah. um, it's funny how well that works a lot. Of times. So like we all essentially agree on this point. I want to take like not even half a step. I don't know, a lateral step. Like, look at how this is just such evidence of how we are, like, completely left to fend for ourselves, like, just as a society. Like, how come there is there's no coherent federal policy from Biden? Mm -hmm. Every state is down to, like, what asshole happens to run your state? These events are only running because they must run them because they have contract. Like, it all comes back to that. What really is happening is right now there's a covid spike. So shit should be shut down. And TTFC shouldn't have to be making any of these decisions because Oklahoma should be shut down. <laughs> like, yeah. Just like the entire country should. Shut down for however many weeks, give people the resources to continue living during those few weeks, and then COVID is gone. That shit has been the exact same solution since day one, and we're all acting like, okay, how can we send all of our kids who can't be vaccinated into school? Okay, what the fuck? Like, at, at longest, a month and a half, shut everything down, pay everyone get everyone food and it's because they refuse to allow a taste of socialism i think it is so to me i was just gonna say what we're seeing a lot of these is we have a certain amount thanks to twitter and (laughs) the evil that is twitter unfortunately has good the silver (laughs) lining we found it uh So the uh, the ability for people to complain online online in mass has resulted in a certain amount of accountability. We've seen with this with the OnlyFans uh, backlash, like it. <laughs> so the gazebo owners used to be able to like, oh, these are our paying customers who pay the most, and that's all we have to worry about. Whereas if there was a complaint or two, they could just let that go. Now we can all talk to each other and say this is fucked up and cut that shit off before it even happens. So that's kind of new. And when organizers say, oh, we don't have to worry about that, there will always be an acceptable amount of whatever. (laughs) Fill in the blank. Uh, It takes the customers to say, actually, no, that amount is not acceptable. You know what I'm saying? And the customer is really the rest of us, the the civilians, the populace. Instead of not catering to the main it's interesting that you continue to say customer because one of the most nefarious language transitions we lived through and like this this it's fascinating to me because i was really into george carlin while i was noticing it was uh every news article that comes out every media thing you always hear it you don't hear customer so much anymore you only ever hear consumer Oh, yeah. Because the language wants to dictate that this is a unidirectional transaction. You just take and consume what we have to offer. Customer implies agency. Your liberal brainwashing fucking mindset. Uh, I learned, again, 
just through a tweet. There is a group called Open Insulin that have formulated a non-proprietary version of insulin, and they are gearing up to scale to production. So there were a couple of tweets around it, but for patrons, and hopefully very soon, I will have the website up with all of our footnotes. Uh, the main thing that they're doing is, so you know, we always hear about any time Medicare for All comes up, the cost of insulin and how straight up just capitalism and artificial scarcity is the reason why insulin costs so much. And so, mm -hmm. Pepper, you always say, what's the number one greatest thing you can do is, you know, you can't buy your way out of capitalism and I'm not going to go super jaded, but voting your way out of capitalism sure seems difficult so far. So the, the only <laughs> real alternative is to just do the thing. So, uh, in yeah, terms true. of just doing the thing, the estimate, like, they are, they are actively working on ramping this up. A $1 million worth of gear would produce enough insulin for 14,000 diabetics, meaning that a functioning community-level insulin factory could conceivably be funded for about $70 per person. Not per dose, per person. Per person. And, like... I had the, the article's long, and there's a lot of charts and details about it, which are really interesting, and some cool videos as sure. well. But like, the key thing here is that open source. You know, Pepper, I think you were the first one to say that a lot of the open source stuff is anarcho-communist in structure. Yeah, the uh, internet is communist. It definitely isn't when it comes to like IP. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So here's an example of. Not just computer stuff or, oh, I made an OS. Technically, they'll be open sourcing, like, the plan in design. So similar to so what should have happened that Bill Gates and other people stopped with the Pfizer vaccine and the other vaccines was they wanted to be able to keep all the patents, keep all the tech, they make it all and distribute it, quote-unquote, for free and use it as a negotiating tactic. These folks are looking to make it and similar to 3D printers, just put it out there. And in theory, yeah. if you follow the specifications with some, you know, obviously very knowledgeable experts and doctors, because this is medicine, you should just be able to, plural you, we as a people can do this. We don't need to rely on this shitty system. How many times have we gone to the people we know? Well... In the furry, we know a lot of microbiologists and, and scientists that have said, hey, y'all, this COVID vaccine's good. <laughs> I'm not going to, like, I don't have any complaints about uh, about this. This seems like it's entirely good, and I definitely don't want to, like, poo-poo it. But it sure is fucked that, like, the way we have to go about getting insulin, it, like, the only reason we have to do any of these monumental feats of organization and, like, cooperation and teamwork is because a couple of people have a piece of paper. It's... Like it's they own the in they own insulin or yeah. like parts of the process of making it, and that allows them to just entirely control the Look. means of production. Uh, Bob Insulin worked really hard on that, and the insulin family the has to. <laughs> the insulin, the fucking Johnny, Johnny insulin, insulin is starving on the street because he can't get his patent money, like. This is what this is what fucking class conflict right here. Class conflict is the ability to own something that everyone that at least a certain, in this case a certain group of people need to live. 
whether it be uh, housing or food or insulin, it's the same shit being done to people just on different levels. And it's only because someone owns a patent. And, and let's, let's dive they don't in even own a mine. specify a little bit more. This isn't like some kind of medicine or process where the people are, that are the only ones that currently know how to do it or are able to do it have limited bandwidth. Everybody knows how to We've do it. We had the ability to scale out and cover all insulin needs for the entire Earth's population for a decade at least, and it's just because people want money. <laughs> I have to ask, do you think like the medical industry is still pissed about, about the polio vaccine? Because people can tell us always point to that shit like, he gave it away for free. It's like, God damn it, we always had that one example. Fuck, we didn't kill that fucker. Yeah. Millennials are killing the iron lung industry. Mm. <laughs> isn't it weird? That, I don't want to say isn't it weird that they're all saying we should get booster shots, but wow, need booster shots. Who could have predicted that they would say we needed a third shot? Like, the fact that we can't trust our fucking institutions. I don't know. Maybe we actually do need a booster shot, but it sure is fucking convenient that the thing we need makes these certain companies tons of money. Oh, again, I am not a doctor. <laughs> I casually asked an epidemiologist friend of mine about this because he reads the same statistic stuff, and because he is a PhD and knows how to read it, he has better inst... It, it would be like if you asked me, Zan, and Pepper to read a highly technical document on programming, my takeaways are going to be more informed than Pepper's or Zanny's, but I also am not a PhD comp sci person, so take that with a grain of salt. Anyway, mm -hmm. what he said was, uh, at the time when this booster shot inevitably comes out, one of the things you basically can do is get your antibodies levels checked. And one of the things that we just don't know as much about, and some of the people that are having trouble with the vaccine, like they take it, but it doesn't quote unquote work, like they don't develop the antibodies. So the booster right. essentially is in, in his prediction will be an as needed basis where when you become eligible, right now it's about eight months after you've had your second shot, or I don't know about Johnson & Johnson. Uh, if you are in yeah. the category of people that should get it, then do it, but with Dr. Consult, and obviously we're going to wait and see. So it's not like they're going to roll out this third shot and demand everyone get it because money, like they, they're they're probably gonna try. Like, there's gonna there's gonna be commercials suggesting it. <laughs> you you just know that's at least a few people's pure motivation. Yeah. Like, several people at Pfizer. That's their whole job is to be like, get people that get more fucking shots, get more contracts. Uh, the yeah. subscription service is gonna be like Fortnite. Oh boy, <laughs> the COVID battle pass. Oh my god, building and planned <laughs> obsolescence to vaccines. Fuck me. <laughs> that's my argument for the, that's the communist argument part of it is that that whole department essentially just wouldn't exist and that motivation wouldn't exist because you wouldn't be paid based on how much money you made you'd be paid based on how well you vaccinated the public or how well you developed the vaccine or how well you responded to whatever I vaccinated like, this town other. so hard I jabbed that needle into like little <laughs> kids all the time they cried and it was great <laughs> That'd be a metric to pay public officials or at least justify their continued, like, being a public official. Something like that. Like, wow, there was this crisis. How'd you do? Oh, Man, my well. God. Happy time pediatrician review board is like, okay, now when you gave these five-year-old <laughs> shots, 50% of your five-year-olds cried, whereas mm -hmm. Tom over here, <laughs> only 20% cried. <laughs> Kropo, what would motivate you to do work the most? What... Like, not profit motive, what motive do you think? Um, and you can be as silly or as deeply philosophical as you want. Like, I just, I can't, I've, I've, 
always wanted to have like some cause that I believe in. And when I was young, it was usually kind of gung-ho about the job that I worked. Uh, before I worked, like what I'm doing on here, I used to work at Blizzard, so I'm just, oh. that's out the window right now. <laughs> um, you can kiss that goodbye. Oh, shit. Did you get harassed at Blizzard? Uh, well, uh, it used to be in my pin tweet, but um, it was it was right during Gamergate, and uh, I made a post on the forums on my private account that I had before I got hired uh, during my weekend when I was at home about how, um, you know, hey, maybe we should have some gay NPCs. And the Gamergate crowd jumped on that and oh. just trolled it, and I, I kind of pushed back. And... Uh, so, like, a couple days later, I get a call in my boss's office, and they wrote me up for that because that was unbecoming uh, stuff of an employee on there. And it's just like, well, that was my private account. It's like, yeah, but you were you were causing some trouble on the forums. Don't do that. So they oh, gave me a verbal warning on that stuff on there. Double plus fuck them. Yeah. Delta Airlines is doing, this is, there's not much to talk about, but hey, let's get some reactions. <laughs> Delta Airlines, so Delta is not forcing their employees to get vac- uh, vaccinated, but they are going to be uh, raising the insurance premiums by $200 a month for their unvaccinated employees. And while I definitely want people to get vaccinated, it, it's that old trope of like, if the punishment for a thing is a fine, that means that punishment only applies to people who can't afford the fine. So the people actually who will be super hurt by this are just super, are the poorest, they're lowest level employees. If you're a middle manager at Delta, you'll pay $2,400 a year to just not get vaccinated, I guess, if that's really important to you. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know. It still comes down to like if there was actual action taken at the top, but like people want to are going to want to paint it as like cool. Delta is like really cares about vaccinations. Like, well, if they really cared about not spreading COVID, they wouldn't be selling fully booked flights. They wouldn't. Be, <laughs> they would like be increasing their employee like guaranteed sick time, like shit like that. Not just like you're punished if you don't do the thing we want you to do. Well, how long could they survive by doing that? Like without having to cut all the terrible bonuses at the top or whatnot. Survive on, well, just like not exist, yeah. like taking hits. Take the hit. Well, that's the thing. This where it comes down to the shit being systemic. They probably couldn't. Like, you can argue that much like uh, like a non-human creature or a force of nature, under capitalism, companies, once they get to a certain size, definitely like Delta, it's just going to happen. Yep. Like, this is the inevitable result of the system that they exist mm-hmm. within. It's not that Delta is specifically evil. Fucking Amazon would be doing the same thing if it was Amazon Airlines or, or something else weird and, like, not actually... It, it's all Band-Aids, no solutions, <laughs> because Delta Airlines isn't really the ones who can fix COVID. Ah. Yeah, yeah, I, I mean... mean that's- <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the problem with capitalism is that yes. it does provide a solid metric of how to measure success versus non-solid metrics. Like we can now quantify the amount of data um, as to like how do we prevent COVID and how do we do it on that, but we've just built our entire systems on to generate money because that was the one arbitrary thing for the past, I'd say, hundred and two hundred years that we could all agree on that we needed, um, and now like money's obsolete now. And that's that's the thing, but we've built all our systems up to accumulate money, and and all that that it's it's, it's just gotten so on. fake. 
it's unsustainably fake the money like how money is treated in in, in current day yeah. how it can just be like spawned out of nothing it's just really it's just the whole finance industry is a fucking con if you know if i really want to get into it well let, let's expand <laughs> let's expand on this topic there's a lot of people out there that think you know we're in some form of the matrix or the universe is a simulation it's like no capitalism is the artifice we live under people are just deciding stuff there's no science or reasoning behind it other than it's the whims of a select few who are exceedingly powerful without any real reason other than they happen to be that's how yeah They're just domino effect ultra, baby mega gazebo furs <laughs> The OG gazebo, just humans. Well, like like I said, power oh, has a domino goodness. effect, and uh, and at some point, those gazebo furs forget where that came from. Or there's always the deserve line. Uh, I deserve this power. I was born with it. My daddy worked real hard. <laughs> so, yeah, and, and I don't know if since we are not going to bring down capitalism tomorrow. People are like, okay, n- then what? Because we still have a pandemic today, you know? And so... Like, could we, though? Because like, I can take tomorrow off. It'll be fine. <laughs> like, schedule it. I'd General love to, strike. It's not going to actually yeah. end. Punch it. <laughs> Slap around capitalism. Yeah. We'll, we'll have fun. Uh, nothing will actually happen. <laughs> we do need to do th- like everything we can within our power reasonably to, to stop the spread of COVID. But same kind of situation with Furcons. Delta probably has more, I guess, for like if we were trying to like rank responsibilities. I, I'm, Delta has a lot more money and power influence. Hell, they can like shut down the whole state of Georgia if they really mm-hmm. want, uh, really want to. Delta can, <laughs> but like not they couldn't single handedly blah, blah blah, but they could do a bit more than Joe Schmo Furcon. And Joe Schmo Furcon is like doing way more materially than Delta is. Uh, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. Yeah. If if the people who they got their money from had a problem with that, then they would. They would they would feel the hit just like the fur cons, you know. Imagine if there was a furry run airline, yeah. and like we will be selling full flights. People be like, "Boo, fuck you!" Do you remember the furry that accidentally a pyramid scheme with the furry flights? Oh, I do. Fuck, I know them, but like they're a friend of mine, and it's. I and I'm biased because uh-huh. I'm their friend, but I do believe that there was like no malice I, in that. that I, they did I not phrased mean it with intent. They scheme. accidentally <laughs> a pyramid scheme. I think Ponzi, Ponzi scheme because it yes. was like promise. It was po- promising money while getting like moving other money and then paying them with different yes. mo- like the the cascading debt, and then they eventually realized, oh fuck, I'm da- like I need another ten grand to make this shit work, Ooh. and I don't have it. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> Looks like this was a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> Whoops. I accidentally a Ponzi. Accidentally? So He's just like, but the fucked up thing is the way they ran that is not too far removed from how I run my quote unquote business because I have so many fucking handshake deals and just like, I just don't overspend. I don't go like, yeah, I'll make this six digit thing happen. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> so, oh, I had a point to go to, but it's gone. Talking about Delta. Oh, yeah. Um, you want Delta? Fly Delta. Delta th- what do you think oh, about... yeah. No, I'm waiting for, like, like Freedom Liberty Snake Airlines to come up <laughs> and just be, like, the most just COVID-ran uh, fucking airlines ever. This <laughs> like, is the worst <laughs> Snakes on a Plane sequel ever. Snakes on a Plane! Oh, God. The coughing. Right. The coffining. Like, if I'm going to do Snakes on a Plane and die, there better be Vor involved. I did want to talk about the OnlyFans thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because that's important. I think the lead is buried. What's that? 
There's a lot of people commenting on the OnlyFans thing. Well, Zan, you describe the situation, and then I'll formulate. My parents so went can... away on a week's vacation. No. Uh, <laughs> so the situation is. So the OnlyFans situation is basically uh, they got the rug pulled out from under them. Well, everyone. Does someone know it better? Because like basically, they someone came after the credit card companies and the credit. Yeah. Mastercard. Mastercard does not like being associated with porn unless they can like. They were like, you got to get individual signatures that were not selling fucking child porn or like revenge porn or like they they don't like being around porn because it's sketchier and scarier. Like they might get more sued if if they find out that oh Mastercard is pro- processing payments for child porn. Blah blah blah. Them like, expanding so to iPhone and Android is that part of it or no? Probably, I'm sure them being on right. like the iPhone Android yeah, no. market is uh, like, yeah, they're fitting various rules. I know iPhone, you just can't have porn at all, so they have a whole separate OnlyFans app that is called something else that is the iPhone version. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's workarounds for all this shit, and they were like, okay, because of this, we don't want to deal with that. It's too scary for us, too too expensive. We can't guarantee yeah. everybody's consent. So they're whatever. just like they're just like, hey, to expand our audience, we need to uh, uh, get rid of everyone we made our money on. <laughs> <laughs> basically yeah. our workers that we based on which yeah. is kind of like the game industry really because <laughs> yeah it's like ah yes <laughs> now fuck off well <laughs> so like the high level interpretation one is the credit card processors have always been heavily they've always been religious fuckwits and they've always been heavily against adult topics if you go far mm-hmm. enough back uh ebay the straight stuff for the most part, was left alone unless you were really stupid about it, and it was queer stuff that was getting shut down. But then, then all adult <laughs> things have been attacked. eBay. Remember when you couldn't yeah. even buy a dildo like, online? That is that is because of not just Mastercard. <laughs> that is all of the credit card processing places. So, um, the other part of it too is so y'all might recall uh, if you if you were on Pornhub or any of those sites. Uh, mm-hmm. The Great Purge. Mm-hmm. So what Zan was alluding to, that MasterCard was demanding, um, uh, they did. So they just deleted or delisted or took down every single video that didn't ha- that didn't go through the verification process. And what, like 80-plus percent of the archives yeah. were gone overnight? I thought it was only two-thirds? like two-thirds went down, but yeah, a shit ton. That's uh, Most, most yeah. of the videos so- went down. <laughs> You couldn't watch B-movies. So, like, okay. basically killed the business model they were based on. Yes. Now, do I think the OnlyFans runner people care one way or the other about porn? No, they care about money. So, Zan, what's the big thing? And Pepper, too. What's the big thing that increasingly has been showing up on OnlyFans? The celebrities are there. Oh, I didn't know that. So they made... So at the top, when they got MasterCard pushing back... Because OnlyFans wasn't going to change anything because money's money and the porn money was great. So here comes MasterCard coming along threatening, hey, fuck you. And OnlyFans probably looks at the numbers and goes, well, this percentage will go through and do the verification thing or won't care and we're just going to bet on the celebrities. And then the real world is, as everyone's been pointing out, the real world numbers hit... Mm-hmm. And that's what got them to essentially threaten or negotiate with MasterCard to walk back because someone someone played a game of chicken somewhere along the way or had a bet that the money was going to continue. It's like I, I don't think anyone there had a thought or care about the people that made the platform. It's only ever been about money. And it's not that like OnlyFans hates porn. They clearly don't. 
they just made a capital bet and the people <laughs> all those porn people who own their own bodies which means they own the means of production plus the cost <laughs> of a webcam and computer <laughs> well at that point it that's where like the the, the fucking classic marx metaphors get a little weird cuz they're all about they're all about like workers in factories so it's hard to be like Okay, in this case, OnlyFans is a factory? <laughs> the lead that's buried is MasterCard stirring this sheet, shit and the credit Look. and debit card processors being the core <laughs> problem. No one's taught, like, we're already not talking about MasterCard in the public news anymore. Right. The means of reproduction. <laughs> I've always kind of wondered how, how Karl Marx would approach the whole FinDom situation. Um, Probably very erectly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> so like i just for a small tangent related to the same thing so i'm talking about what what is the means of production in this case and who are the workers who are the laborers so when you get to something like OnlyFans or even patreon not to shit on patreon because we fucking use it i use it it pays a lot of my bills but these are essentially just skimming this is such a blatant example of skimming value of thing patreon does not write a single fucking song OnlyFans has never grown a tit <laughs> And then, like, posted a picture of it on the internet to get money out. Like, all they do is filter the content mm -hmm. to consumers, and then they give you part of the money. Like, they're skimming surplus, quote-unquote, surplus value off of you, gaining profit off of, like... They don't do anything. YouTube mm -hmm. has been that forever. Like, the whole neo... The new way people make money, this new neo-content environment. That's what all these shits are. There's fucking parasites sucking nickels and dimes out of your creative so, endeavors. All right, here, here's... Or your creative pussy, all right? So <laughs> what... If you're doing, like, private platforms, if people are putting an effort into making things, so let's say <laughs> Patreon didn't exist, we want something like it, and a bunch of people go and make it, what is a more economical way of doing that that doesn't involve, like, what, what would that model look like to you? How would you like it to work? Because, like, there's still oh. labor that goes into managing it. It has to not get too big because once you hit the mainstream, they want those mainstream bucks, and therefore that takes out... I, I don't like, mean, like, for, for the sake of this what if, I'm not talking about today or malice. What does a more ethical Patreon look like at this scale? Like, what is the limit? What is the guard that should be in? What is the thing we should strive for if we were to create a thing? If all four of us were to make a thing and it got crazy successful, what would our ethical interpretation of that look like? Because a lot of times we criticize things like Patreon doing the wrong thing without ever pe giving people an idea of, right, but here's right how it could be okay. Sure. Uh, maybe a workers' co-op would be a good model for that. Um, True like anarcho-syndicalist kind of thing like that where a number of creators uh, conglomerate and farm out contracts with uh, hosts that run it all for uh, not a profit but for sustainability and individual sustainability and stuff like that. Um, that would be the, the, th the first thing that comes to mind uh, aside from just, you know, the total abolishment of money and imagining a world without that, which is fun to think about, <laughs> but not at all practical at the moment so that would be my answer to that yeah crow let me bounce this off of you because i, I want to like keep that same line of thinking 
Well, okay, so when you talk about, uh, you, you mentioned things like servers and hosting. Like, that is a thing that it, it would be unreasonable to be like, oh, I'll just do that at my house, like, on my own. Like, you can make a video mostly on your own now. You, I can write a, you can write a song mostly on your own. You can take photos, etc. cetera. Uh, so, like, hosting is a thing that we kind of might communally need. Like, we need some kind of creative <laughs> commons, like, uh, like, in the grand sense of, like, a park is a common land where we all just kind of use. Like, we need some kind of YouTube something where we can all show each other dumb videos because we just like doing that at this point the same way we have like the printing yeah. press or whatever but patreon at its like try to think about what patreon's core function is it's a backdoor way to monetize like youtube <laughs> or all these shits that are supposed to be just paying you for for like the stuff you're doing you instead backdoor through it to be like okay you can buy access to me where really it's people know hey you're broke as fuck and i like your art <laughs> so i'm gonna give you a dollar like that's the real psychological yeah. thing that's happening so what value does Patreon add other than, like, letting me organize a couple of mailing lists, essentially, like, so I can blast links well, to all people? Right. That, that's what Patreon well, actually does, Well, they do more does, than that. Right? So, like, there's the Patreon integrations. All of that requires software people to write it, test it, and go through tons of shit. So, like, from a software development thing, you're doing what Patreon offers as far as automated and programmatic interaction, that has cost and i guarantee you almost every single person at patreon that's writing that software if they're not an owner is getting taken advantage of compared to the money oh, yeah. they bring in well just remember that almost no like not almost nobody i can't prove that but the the like actually kind of cool features of patreon the integration stuff you're talking about most people don't even fucking use they kind of do what we do at this point because they oh, increase wow. your fees as you yeah. have use more of those features you're talking about uh they just go here's the discord and then the discord's a free thing that also lets me organize shit and to like but, True. you know, there's integration with Discord that doesn't cost money. It's I, on the the micro level, it's yeah, it's hard to discuss. But I I would love to see a world where art is supported in a way that does not necessitate like a hundred randos giving you five bucks a month so you can like pay your rent. There's, it's just one of those layers of things that not that I hate Patreon, but I think it'll be an obsolete kind of thing. Like, do we need OnlyFans? Do we do we need the mediating thing between us and like what will what do you think porn? What would porn look like in a in a communist society? Well, it's like, it's kind of like, hey, are you making porn? Or are you arting? Like that would be the thing. Like, are you making the thing? <laughs> and uh, we get to a weird part because you mentioned Patreon. Because the independent artists today, it's like, ah, you are worth this much dollars <laughs> when when we decide who is worth. Who, who, who we decide gets to live with art <laughs> whereas yeah it's like how how do we ascribe value to things in here and, and the thing is we shouldn't be ascribing value to things at all we should be mm -hmm. um getting getting people to do their own stuff yes uh, you were saying dragger oh, Oh, I just had this nightmare scenario. So it's already among salaried jobs where uh, they try and ask what you previously made because they always use what you used to make or currently make oh, as your current I hate value and so measure. Much. Imagine having a Patreon. You go to apply for an art job, and then they lowball you pointing to your Patreon going, yeah, but you're not getting that much. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Is a man not entitled to the sweat on his tits? <laughs> <laughs> That's my That's tit sweat. <laughs> no, says OnlyFans, it belongs to us. This is no, says the credit card processor, it belongs to God. It belongs. This is a sweat tit shop. 
Oh, there's no air yes. conditioning. Oh my god. <laughs> a sweatshop. Wow. Oh. That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> okay. So thank you very much for listening. We have been Last Minute Politics. Uh, oh, yeah, we all say our names, so just do it whenever, because remember, I'm just going to separate the timing. I'm Zanny. I'm Pepper. I'm Dragor. I am Kropa. Everyone yell bye. Yeah. Bye. 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 Don't die.